Welcome in. This is your betting preview for this week's Players Championship. We will go through the outright market. We'll talk through some matchups, the props, one and done. If you have questions, concerns, or comments, now's the time to throw them in the chat. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Andy Lack. Andy, good morning. Happy Players Week. Yeah, man. I am uh, I'm super excited for this week. I feel like we've been on such a great stretch of golf recently. I literally, I mean, the past month of golf that we've been treated to has been pretty awesome, at least in my opinion. So uh, I'm pumped up, man. I'm ready to go. 25 million bucks up top, an absolutely stacked field, a recognizable golf course. This is really the tour's crown jewel. Uh, I'm sure they're rooting for Rory McIlroy to take this one down <laughs> and just kind of cement his spot. And they'll have that, uh, they'll have that Australian flag at TPC Sawgrass replaced with a, with a, a Northern uh, <laughs> Ireland f- flag in about three seconds flat, I think. Yeah. Um, they've been doing a pretty good job of like acting like the Cam Smith thing last year just didn't happen. And like, he doesn't exist anymore, which is, kind of a shame for cam i believe he do you know if he's moved out because uh tpc sawgrass was like where he practiced and he lives in the jacksonville beach area so i don't know if he still practices there he still lives there i don't know if he i do not know if he still goes there to practice uh yeah that would be weird because i i already know that um I know Billy Horschel practices there too. And Billy has obviously been one of the more outspoken anti-live folks. So uh, yeah, that's a curious one for me. Luckily, there's no shortage of golf courses in Florida. So I think he can find some spots to go play and practice if need be. Let's look at the odds board. This is the grid. This is odd checker. So you can see all the different uh, lines that are available. And there is a big three here, Andy. It's Rory McElroy, nine to one. John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler, both 11 to one. Um, we've got obviously John Rahm winning uh, what two elevated events, Scotty Scheffler winning an elevated event. Uh, are we making a click here at the top of the board? I'm not doing it. Um, I just, I don't know. There's so many good players that I could see raising the trophy in the 20 to 50 range that I have such a hard time paying up for one of these guys. Uh, If I was to pay up for one of these players, it would probably be Scheffler. Um, I just think what he's doing right now. um, I mean, this is a guy that like, some people thought was kind of just going to go away after, you know, his, his heater last year. And he has done everything, but it seems like he's lurking in every single tournament. I mean, I don't think he's finished worse than 12th in five starts this season. And it always feels like he's in the mix. Even when he's not in the mix, it always seems like he's lurking and relevant in every single tournament that he's played in that floor um is up there with roms as one of the highest floors in golf where if scheffler has a bad week it still seems like it's a t12 or whatever so scheffler would be the guy for me up top but i haven't made any clicks what about yourself so i've actually bet scotty scheffler and i've kind of changed uh a little bit of my strategy recently you know this is a section of the board i i I never really would have touched in years past but um you know with with the guys that left the middle of the board that that 20 to 60 range which used to win disproportionately 
doesn't really anymore. The top of the board uh, has been a lot more uh, prevalent in, in outright victory. So I bet, I bet Rom at, for the first time, I I stepped into these waters for the first time at Riv, bet Rom Mm -hmm. there, got it done. Ha, bet yeah. Rory last week because I was like, "Wow, this you know this is easy. I'll just bet somebody yeah. at the top of the board." Um, you know, he has the lead going into fourteen. Didn't work out. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to it again. The, the the things that you mentioned, you know, the tee to green game. It's it's him and Rory McIlroy over the last twenty four, yeah. thirty six, fifty, whatever you want. And if he gains two strokes with the putter, he probably wins any golf tournament that he that he plays. So for me, um, I've gone to Scotty here at eleven to one, and this is kind of a new trend of of betting the top. Something that I uh, historically have not done. Yeah, I um I'll go right after it, right? Like okay. I think that this range that you have here of the next group of players, whether it be Cantlay, JT Homa, Morikawa, Xander Hovland, um, I went with both Justin Thomas and Victor Hovland to uh to start my card. Uh I think that Hovland, I watched him and and tracked him pretty closely last week and um he is getting to that point where the ball striking is starting to get to an extremely elite level. And lest we not forget last year, this guy gained like 14 strokes ball striking at TPC Sawgrass, right? And TPC Sawgrass is the type of course, I talked about this a lot in my written article, but it is a very deceptive course in terms of like, it's a course that kind of plays tricks on you and it, 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 it moves your eyes in different directions off the tee where, you know, Pete Dye has created this um, kind of visually challenging course where it, 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 it dares you to hit in certain directions where the conservative play on most holes is to go in the opposite direction of what your eyes are telling you. And the fact that Victor was able to put together one of the best ball striking performances of his career last year at TPC Sawgrass, clearly this is a place that fits his eye. If we can just get like minus one around the green, I think this is his breakthrough win. We've been waiting for it for that first win on U.S. soil. I think it comes this week at Sawgrass. Certainly trending in the right direction. The game looks better with the eye, the stats bearing it out. You know, the 2.2 strokes he gained at Pebble Beach, ball striking in two rounds. The five he gained at Phoenix. The six he gained at Riviera. The 10 he gained at the API at Bay Hill. Uh, it's it's close. It's really, really close. And you mentioned it, the 14 that he gained uh, ball striking here last year was like two and a half shots better than anybody else in the field. He absolutely lapped the field there. So if he can be a, yeah, be a zero in the rest of your game, you're going to give yourself a, a pretty good chance of winning this. So we've, we've already identified two. I, I only have three bets that have been placed. One is okay. Scotty Scheffler. One is Victor Hovland. Um, let's, we'll, we'll get to the other guy in just a second. Let's talk about JT. This yeah. one, I, I got very, very close on in the way that I build my cards. I, I don't think I could have Scotty and Justin Thomas here, yeah. but I'm, I'm much more likely to go back to Justin Thomas than I am like, I don't know, Colin Morikow is fine, but I think I prefer JT in this situation with with the course history. Um, again, that upside in the ball striking, but man, if you could just get me, if you could guarantee me two strokes putting, I would put a lot of money on Justin Thomas to win this golf tournament. 
Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm in a very similar boat where I just think that this is a golf course that clearly fits Justin Thomas's eyes. Like I specifically remember in that third round last year, the, um, when it was super, super windy, you remember that? And, um, I, 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 Actually, I think it was Friday because I know that one of the featured groups was like Scheffler, Brooks, and Xander. And poor them, they had to start on the 17th hole. And I think all of them hit it in the water and kind of just threw their hands in the air and was like, how do we play golf in these conditions? Whereas JT walks off the golf course and is like, that's the most fun I've had on a golf course in my entire life. I just think that this is a tournament and a golf course that JT is going to have an extended love affair with for the next dozen years, right? I think that it is a shot maker's course. It is a ball striker's course. When Justin Thomas won here, he was hitting like 30-yard cuts, sawed-off finishes, like rope hook draws around the corner where the ball goes 20 feet off the ground. I just think that this is a course that allows JT to be extremely creative. Um, and I think he gets, I think he gets off the mat this week. He is, he is more than due. All these elite players around him have proven themselves winning a lot of tournaments lately. I'm talking about guys like Max Homa and Tony Finau. And, and I just feel like it's JT's time. Yeah. He shot, I think it was a bogey free four under round in those. It was something outrageous on, on, on that day. It was like by far, I think him and Bubba Watson, like by far, they the gained the like day. seven strokes on the field or something like yeah, that. It was yeah. Something stupid. Uh, thirties that starts with Jason day, Jason day and Tony Finau, 30 to one, Matt Fitzpatrick, Sung JM, Terrell Hatton, Will Zaltoris, all 35. And then we get the two guys at 40. That's Cam Young. That's Tom Kim. So how do we want to allocate our funds here, Andy? Zalatoris, I'm going right back to him. I just, you know, this was a guy that everyone was betting last week at 20 to one. I think that 35 to one for Will Zalatoris on a ball strikers course is a really fair number on this guy. And this is another guy that we were expecting to get that big win. Keep in mind, he almost won like three majors last year. I think he completely has the stones to rise to the occasion on this on this stage he has talked about many times in the past how these bigger weeks he enjoys them he thrives under these conditions and you know not that tpc sawgrass is as difficult as a u.s open or even a pga championship venue but it is a golf course that separates from t to green right this is a golf course that rewards players that are able to gain six seven strokes on approach so i just think that this is another really great spot for zalatoris i believe he's played here twice and finished top 30 both times so i'm all in on zalatoris and that's kind of those are my three guys at the top rick it's jt it's hovland it's zalatoris for me 21st in 2021 26th in 2022 14 strokes or 15 strokes gained ball striking over those two years he lost three and a half strokes putting last week at bay hill which is like his worst putting loss since up the Byron Nelson. He's actually been statistically a very, very good putter as of late, at least much improved and compared to perception. The other guy that I bet 
Andy mm-hmm. is uh, is Cam Young at four. Oh, actually, I love Cam Young. Yeah, I think I actually got a better yeah. number off the check. But th- this is a you know when you lay this stat profile in front of me, you see an elite driver of the golf ball who can hit his second shots very well. He's starting to plug the leaks in his game, right? He, he's, he's better around the green last week at Bay Hill. The only thing we've got to fix now is, is gain a stroke with the putter and, and, and Cam Young is there. I just love the talent, love the upside. And, um, you know, I, I don't really think it's weird. I simultaneously think a lot of guys can win this, but I also yeah. deep down only think a handful of guys can actually win or like yeah. 10 guys. And I, and I think that, I think that Cam Young is, is firmly in the conversation of those guys who could actually pull it off. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would start to ask you like, how low would you go? Like we're starting to get into this range and I bet one player, there's one player that will probably get to soon that I bet at 55 to one. But what's interesting about the players is it is a tournament that in the past has been won by longer shots. I do think you can definitively say that the players championship is easier to win for a Corey Connors or a Tom Hoagie than the Masters or the U.S. Open or the PGA Championship. I mean, we've had Siwoo Kim win here at 500 to 1. Webb Simpson won at 100 to 1. Tim Clark won at 100 to 1. Uh, Martin Keimer, actually, the year that he won, he was not in good form. He was 90 to 1. So this is a course that has lended itself to players a little bit farther down the board. But, like, are you even looking past 50? So it, it is weird, right? The, the chaotic nature of this golf tournament and the results that you listed, like I, in one side of my brain, I'm like, yeah, I, I could, I could live in the long shots, but I just, I don't necessarily feel that way, man. I feel like the PGA tour, at least the top end of it is so, so deep that I, I would probably draw the line, um, at Keegan. That's, that was my guy. That was so, the last guy that I bet. So yeah. Keegan is playing the best golf of his life. He's been great here and we saw him win the Zozo which is obviously not as deep, but a very, very top-heavy field with a lot of elite players. Keith Mitchell. um, I love Keith. He's great for the game. He's a great player. I do not actually think he can win this. You know, and and, and at Riv, that final group, Max Homa, John Rahm, Keith Mitchell, I love you, Keith. It's it's like he didn't exist, man. It's like you can just feel it out there that he was never going to win that golf tournament. And and John Rahm and Max Homo were going one of them was going to will themselves to victory. And that's kind of how I feel about a lot of these guys. We're going to have Keith Mitchell might finish second. Right, we've seen Johnny Vegas yeah. finish inside the top five. Honor Bon Lahiri finish inside. The, we're gonna have a chaotic board where some two hundred to one guy might be your thirty-six hole leader, might yeah. be in the final group, might be in the penultimate group. But do I actually think they're going to win? I have a hard time believing it. So I, I, I drew the line at Keegan. I mean, if you want to throw in based on these odds, you can get Ricky Fowler at sixty. Like, sure, I think Ricky yeah. might be able to win this, but. I I really don't think it's that many people. I agree with you. Uh, I drew the line at Keegan as well. I, I, you know, I would add, I guess the one thing that was always holding me back off of Keegan in the past is his ability to spike with the flat stick. Like I was just worried that he didn't have a plus four, plus five, plus seven week in his bag anymore. Like he basically went Rick 
three, four, five years without really spiking with the putter. And then we finally saw it last year at the Wells Fargo where he finished in second place and he gained like 10 strokes putting. And that finally said to me, okay, this is a guy that can gain enough strokes putting to actually win a golf tournament. I know we don't have the stats from the Zozo, but he just gained seven strokes putting at Torrey Pines, right? And so I do think that at a macro level, Keegan's putter has improved enough for him to really be in contention to win golf tournaments in the past. I used to feel like this was a guy that needed to win a golf tournament where he was like a neutral putter and he gained 12 strokes ball striking, which you can do at the players. JT won this tournament as a neutral putter, but I actually do believe in Keegan's putter enough now that I feel pretty damn comfortable with him. Two guys I want to ask you about really quickly before we talk about some longer shots, maybe for like top twenties and, and stuff like that. But Tom Kim and Jordan Spieth, who would you rather bet out of that group of two? God, I am both um, have flaws, but both also present interesting cases. I I'm never right on Jordan Spieth. Um, yeah, I, I, who is, I don't know who is. Yeah, that's true. He's pretty hard, pretty hard to, to, to get right. I like hate what he's doing on the putting surfaces. Like I hate everything about it. I hate the way it looks. I hate the way that he obviously feels when he's up and out of every putt, whether it goes in or not within it, a millisecond of it coming off of his putter blade. I don't like the stats that follow, but to your point, like he wanted Harbortown losing two and a half strokes putting. So like how much does it actually matter when he gets in contention and he's engaged, like engaged Jordan speed is very, very dangerous. I just, I just think that there's a lot of trouble in a lot of ways, especially with the water. Like I, I think there's a lot of disaster routes for speed this week. I'd probably take Tom Kim, you know, Tom Kim, um, I'll pull up his stat. I'll pull up his stats here. I mean, at, at Bay Hill, he, he hit it well again. And yeah. I, I know Great the expectation. Yeah, yeah. I know the expectation is like, Oh, he's just going to win twice every six starts or whatever. Like, no, obviously that's, that was never going to, to keep happening. I, I like the way he's getting back to the stat profile that we saw where he finished T five, the tournament of champions and T 11 in, in South Carolina at the CJ cup. Like we talk about guys who can get hot with the putter. Like we've seen Tom Kim with like one of the greatest shot link putting weeks ever at Wyndham. Right. I think there are just, there's a couple of different pairs that's for Tom Kim to get there. And if he could just play out of the fairway, um, I, I think it's a pretty decent spot for him. Yeah. I think I would probably go Tom Kim in that situation as well. I mean, I, I struggle a lot with first timers on this golf course. I do think it's a very nuanced and strategic golf course. But the one thing that I will say about Tom Kim that we can throw in the positive section for that is he does have Ricky Fowler's old caddy on the bag who was there with Ricky when Ricky won the players championship. I want to say in like 2017 or 2018, one of those years, but yeah, I um in terms of outright wagers, Rick, this is this is the line for me. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned it. You know, there are there are guys down here that I think are undervalued that recently I've tried to do a better job of just not saying, oh, this guy who's a hundred to one should be fifty to one. I'm gonna bet him outright. Like he's still only gonna win at two percent of the time if I'm if I'm right. So I've 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 now taken these guys and, and looked at them in different markets. Like for example, like I like Adam Scott at a hundred to one. I, I like yeah. I don't even mind Frankie Molinari at 150. You go down a little bit further, like Wyndham Clark. Wyndham Clark at 180, uh, as short as 125, as long as 180. Wyndham Clark was the opposite feeling 
of Keith Mitchell. So when Wyndham Clark was in Phoenix and in the mix and playing with like John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler on the weekend, didn't blink, stayed in his routine. You felt like he was going to be a vibe all weekend long. He ended up finishing, um, T, I think it was T10, but like his numbers have been so, like these are guys that I think are undervalued, but I will not end up betting them in the outright market. Yeah. Can I just say, Rick, and I'm not a huge victory lap guy, but don't we find it a little bit interesting that Taylor Montgomery is finally in his rightful place on the odds <laughs> board and in the DraftKings pricing at 7,300. And when I, he is right in between, I believe like Denny McCarthy and Andrew Putnam in DraftKings pricing. And everybody called me crazy at the beginning of the year when I had him next to those guys in my season long fantasy rankings. But as I have said, the putter cannot go on forever. So I just wanted to do a quick check-in on the one guy that when everyone was saying this is a top 20 golfer in, uh, in the world and was picking him in the second and third round of fantasy drafts. And I got ridiculed, Rick, ridiculed by the masses for having him in the Denny McCarthy, you know, Gary Woodland, Webb Simpson, Seamus Power, Matt Kuchar range, ridiculed. And here we are uh, with Taylor Montgomery. What do you know? You can't make every putt for the rest of your life. This will be a great clip when he wins this player. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine the timing, the, timing the victory lap with, with him snapping off, gaining 10 strokes with the putter and winning this thing? Yes, be because so I went out of my way to take the victory <laughs> lap too, right before a tournament. Yeah, that I actually, I actually like at his current price, I actually kind of like him just to give a few quick names down here. Um, Johnny Vegas and Adam Svensson as like top 20 guys and DraftKings guys. I'm a huge fan of Johnny Vegas. Johnny Vegas like loses strokes off the tee like once a year. Like he is, he is a really, really incredible ball striker. Yeah. You look at that page here and what the only red I see off the tee and on approach is back in what the summer Wells Fargo. So he he lost six strokes off the tee at Wells Fargo still finished T 15. Um, but has been, yeah, I mean, he, and he had it, he didn't, he didn't even miss a beat after the shoulder surgery. I mean, he just, he just came back and was Johnny Vegas. He's a constant gainer in the ball striking categories. Yeah. Um, and I do think he will be popular for DraftKings purposes. So maybe a good market to get down on him is, you know, matchups or, um, placing, which we'll talk about, but yeah, some guys down at the bottom that kind of popped out for me were Svensson, Vegas, everybody's going to like Ben Griffin. Ben Griffin was like sixth in my model this week. And I would assume that he's pretty high up for uh, others as well. So I would be careful with some of those guys in DraftKings. Um, but I do think they're good top 20 options. Cam Davis, th- 350 to one. God, how quickly this things is, change, right? Look at, this, look at this. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's horrendous. He's been, he's been, I don't know what happened. Like he just fell off the face of the earth. Like body snatched. Yeah. Like I just, and you know what the crazy thing too is, is I went out to Riviera to watch him. I was just curious if like he was hurt or something was off and I watched him play a couple holes and he looked okay. He, I mean, the putter's been cold, but you know, he has, um, he has Xander's agent, 
um, as well. And I caught, I overheard them talking a little bit at the end of the round and, and, and they sounded super, super confident in his game. And then he just continues to go on and miss cuts. If we're, you know, if we're putting a positive spin on it and I'm viewing it glass half full instead of glass half empty, at least he's missing cuts on the number. Now there were a couple of times where he was missing cuts by like seven strokes, but uh, yeah, I mean, 300 to one is what he should be right now. Here's the matchup market. Uh, a couple of guys that you pointed out, Johnny Vegas plus 108 to Matt Kuchar's minus 129. Um, let's see what we have here. Adam Svensson in an all-Canadian matchup, minus 110 to Taylor Pendrith's minus 110. I could get down with that. Pendrith has, uh, I've got a lot of season-long exposure to Pendrith. He has not yeah. been great, unfortunately. No. Uh, and then as we scroll up, Andy, to kind of see some of the bigger names, Cam Young getting plus money to Sung JM's kind of interesting. I mean, mm. Sung J will be fine, but like Cam Young's got pretty legit upside here. Yeah, I would probably take Cam Young that I've just been avoiding Sung J the last two, three weeks because he's played like 15 times in 16 weeks. I I'm obviously exaggerating there, but I do believe that this is his ninth start in 10 weeks. And we've seen a little bit of a con a concerning trend where he started out these tournaments pretty well. And then the last three weeks, he has basically really faded into oblivion over the weekend. And so I just, I, I need the guy to take a week off before I, before I go back into betting him and, and putting my money on Sung JM. Um, couple good ones down here too like i, I kind of like billy horschel this week as like i like him in DraftKings because he's going to be like two percent um but he practices at this golf course and it's funny you know he loves this tournament and cares about this tournament a lot like he is a big pga tour lifer and he lives right there and practices um at tpc sawgrass all the time and his course history has been up and down like like it is with Billy with most courses. Um, but I do think that he is going to have a pretty good week. Does this um, seem curious to you, Ricky Fowler, a dog to Corey Connors, or am I am I just not giving Corey Connors enough respect? Because Ricky's well, pretty great. Yeah, well well um Connor, I mean, look at the way Connors hit the ball last week. And and not like Ricky doesn't have great history at TPC Sawgrass as well, but Connors has been really good at TPC Sawgrass. I think he's played here three times. I know that he has a seventh place finish in there. And yeah, I mean, look, what's that? Three, all three times he's gained over three strokes ball striking yeah. with like a, you know, a, it's too small on the screen for me to read, but there's like an 8.5 ball striking in there. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's a tough matchup that I'd probably just avoid altogether because I like both of them though. Interesting. Okay. A couple of, let's go to the top of the board and look at some of the bigger names here and see where, Oh boy, Victor minus 149 to Jordan Spieth plus 124. Ram and Rory, even money minus 110 a piece. Um, I'll tell you what, we have not said his name yet. I, I kind of love Terrell Hatton this week. <laughs> me too. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I mean, look at the, look at his ball striking last week at, um, at Bay Hill, he's just been playing great golf, and he has what is this now? His second top six in an elevated event, like yeah, I and both and both of them, he just like knocked the cover off the ball. 
Right. And I could see, and, and I mean, Terrell Haddon's the type of guy too, that like he can gain nine strokes putting. I'm pretty sure he gained almost nine strokes putting last year at TPC Sawgrass. So he does love these greens and you know, the way that he's hitting the ball right now, if he can get one of those putting weeks that we know that Terrell is capable of, um, I really like him this week. He actually just missed my outright card. When's the last time you saw John Rahm as a dog to anyone? Scotty Scheffler minus one twenty-five to John Rahm's plus one hundred five. Three three bad rounds, Andy. That's all. That's Ooh. that's what it is. Is it dog? Yeah, you know that that feels a little strange to me. And I like Scheffler. We both like Scheffler more than Rahm this week, but that should be a pick em at least, right? Don't you think? Still. I mean, is that all? The guy has torched the earth for a year and three bad rounds at Bay Hill. And now he's a dog to Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. I, got, I think that got, at least should he, be. I mean, yeah, it's a little bizarre. No, I'm with you. I don't think Rom should be an underdog to anyone right they have now. The same, they've got the same outright number. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I, at most Rom should be minus minus one ten with Ricky and Scheffler. I don't think he should be an underdog to anyone right now. Okay, um, we're going to continue the conversation on the other side. We've got props, we've got one and done, and we'll actually uh, come back and go through uh, some of these questions that might have rolled in. So we're going to take a 30-second break and hit you on the other side. Andy Lack is one of the nerdiest golf guys that I know, and I mean that as an absolute compliment. His knowledge of course architecture allows him to create some of the most actionable course previews available, and he offers up pure expertise on his own podcast, the Inside Golf Podcast. Twice a week, he offers course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategy for every PGA Tour event, and he expands the universe by bringing on entertaining and knowledgeable guests who can offer a different viewpoint of the game that we love. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. We are back. The boys over at Prize Picks are rocking and rolling early on a Tuesday, and five yeah. different categories are available. Birdies are better, birdies are better, matchup, greens and regulation, fairways, hit, and strokes. I also want to see. We'll see if we can get it. Give me the uh whole 17. Yeah. Props. Yeah. That'd be fun, right? They used to do that too. Where where did those go? Yeah, we'll have to see uh, if we get those later in the week. So the way that I like to tackle this, Andy, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. So the last two years, TPC Sawgrass has been fairly consistent in that it's played about a half stroke over part. So that would be 72 and a half is, is mm-hmm. what that would be. So when you look at someone like John Rahm's, prop 70.5 that would ask him to gain essentially two strokes on the field so what i do uh is i've got this on the power rankings yeah Yeah. exactly so you can see how often in the last 36 or whatever round whatever number of rounds that you want how often john rom is gaining two strokes to the field well he does it 55 percent of the time rory mcelroy in the last 36 has done it 75 percent of the time scotty scheffler has done it 50% 50% of the time, all three of those. And actually look at this. There's two different Scotty Schefflers here. <laughs> well, both with different, both with different pictures. I, I thought I was like having like, I was like, wait a minute. How can both of these guys? Oh, look, there's two Justin Thomases. What is There's two Colin Morikawas. What's happening here, boys. Yeah, oh, this man. is interesting. We'll have to get in touch with prize picks because can you imagine picking the wrong one? Or can I put them both together and just like, 
right? Like if I if I have a lean, like if yeah. I have a lean on, and you just get double the Scheffler. Scotty going under. Can I just do this? Somebody, I mean, somebody put this in before before they take. They'll obviously remove one of them, but they'll, I'm sure they'll honor. I don't know. I don't know. Legally, could they honor that? I don't know. That is, I don't. I I've never seen a situation like that. Looks like probably an intern. Uh, put these in before he had his morning coffee or something like that. I'm sure that will get amended pretty shortly. But yeah, if you if you have a strong inclination for Scotty this week, put him in a put him in a power play together, and maybe you'll get double the Scotty. That's wild. So uh, my my point, my larger point before I got sidetracked, being that you know you can basically. If you can, if you could pinpoint the scoring averages, uh, you could get a feel for how often some of these guys are are beating the field by a, by a significant gap. And you could go all the way down to, you know, the guys who are are listed here at seventy two and a half. Like that would, in theory, be the scoring average. So Matt Kuchar, Webb Simpson, um, Kuchar has actually been been better here. So him gaining strokes at all, he does that sixty one percent of the time. Webb Simpson, outside of those five or six birdies he made in a row. I mean, he only gains strokes to the field in his last 36, 38% of the time. So yeah. I kind of like tackling it like that just to get a feel for how often these guys are able to accomplish the goal that we're asking them to accomplish. Yeah. Kind of like at a macro level, do those numbers feel fair to you? Like the 70.5, the 72, because Sawgrass is such a, it's such a variable course that is pretty dependent on the weather where it's yeah. the type of course where I'm telling you right now, we are going to see a, elite players shoot like 65 this week and 75 this week, right? Yeah. Like there's a large amount of variance on this golf course. So I, I, I don't know that the numbers, I guess, hanging them around even par for most of these guys feels right to me, but I haven't done a deep dive on the weather yet. Have you? No, I'm going to wait a little bit longer. What I think the, um, what I think is going to end up happening is you're not going to have a lot of guys who win or lose by like a stroke or a half. Yep. What you said, like John Rahm is either going to go out and shoot like a 66 or like a 76 or something like that, because the margins of putting for birdie or, going to the drop zone because your ball is in the water is so small. So you'll see guys that run well and are on the right side of the margins. um, They'll go low and the guys that are on the wrong side of it, you're going to see some high scores. So I don't think, I don't think there's going to be a lot of close ones this week. Right. Well said. Um, Number one in penalty strokes per round last year. I think the last thing I'd want to look at prize picks wise is did they give us any like glaring birdies or better matchups between guys that are just like not the same level of player. I mean, Scotty Scheffler versus Sung JM. Yeah. Um, I'll give Max you Homa, there. who might be the fourth or fifth best player in the world versus Sam Burns. Yep. Xander I'll take Homa there. <laughs> versus Hoagie. Okay. So yes, the answer is yes. If we're getting Xander versus, versus Hoagie, Montgomery. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. so that's where I would attack this then. Yeah. I mean, these are, um, these have been money makers, right? I mean, they've been, they've been print machines is essentially taking for the most part, the over on the birdie or better matchups. Cause that would give you the featured golfer, Ricky Fowler versus Cam Davis. Cam Davis has missed what five cuts in a row. Ricky Fowler has t- five top twenties in a row, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, now these are only one round, so you do introduce a little bit more volatility. But like living in the overs on birdie or better matchups is uh, the way to the way to go. 
Yeah, not to throw this poor intern under the bus again in case any of the prize picks guys are watching, but like Xander versus Hoagie, come on. I mean, I, I mean they must be doing this intentionally because this has been going on for over a year where the, where these are. Right, but it's you know, not a trap. It's, it's not. not a trap. We had no, the guy – cal- we had we had I think he's in the chat. Calculated. I think this is him, Andy. Andy M. He, he like calculated this for like a year, yeah. and it was just like – it was like not really a trap. It was like a, a print machine. Yeah, so that's the direction I would go with prize picks this week. Code is Rick. Link in the description. You get your deposit bonus. You can get rocking and rolling. Get your PGA stuff in there, and then hopefully as the week goes on, uh, we get those those uh, whole seventeen props, which would be really really fun. One and duns. So uh, mm. obviously a big week, Andy, because it's twenty five mil in the purse. Four and a half of that to the winner. Wow. So you. You got to kind of get a chunk here. Um, I'm of the opinion mm-hmm. that for the most part, you should probably be playing one of the big three, Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, John mm-hmm. Rahm. Uh, if you're chasing and you're trying to make up ground, I think there's obviously a ton of great options. Um, mm-hmm. Let's start with, let's start with like, if you're front running and you have all three guys available, like which one are you running out this week? Probably Scheffler. Okay. Probably Scheffler or Rory. Okay. Fair. Because I mean, this is a this is a bigger this is a bigger purse than the majors, right? This is going to be the biggest purse of the year. Yeah, we won't officially know the majors till later, but it would be very unlikely. It, it's it's very likely this will be the biggest purse of the year. Yeah. So I would roll out I would roll out any of the big I mean, like, listen, I don't think that you have to play Rory Scheffler or Rom. I mean, I'm fine with you rolling out Homa or Cantlay, or JT, or Finau here. But, like, would you play Tyrrell Hatton in in one and done, even if you were chasing? It, uh, only if I was chasing. Yeah, if I if yeah. I was if I was chasing, there's a lot of great. Like, if I'm chasing, yeah, and you want to go to Homa, great. If you want to go to Hatton, great. I'll tell you what, if you want to go to Patrick Cantlay, who is yeah. not going to be very popular, has got back-to-back top four finishes, yes, his three straight missed cuts here, but, like, I don't know how much I care about that. There, there's a. I actually think the chase options are a lot more interesting than the front running options are. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty much chasing in all of my one and done leagues. I think the one that like my number one league, I'm probably going to go with like Hovland. Um, I don't think he'll be super highly owned this week, and I I just think he's going to win this tournament. So oh, right. that's kind of my pick anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, the strategy obviously changes versus where you are on the leaderboard. And speaking of which, I'm making up some ground against you, are, you right? You are making I think up I have some three ground. Top five finishes in a row. I'll show that in a second. Uh, yeah, you've earned two and a half million dollars in the last three weeks. Um, but before I do, uh, the projected ownership on OfficeFootballPool.com looks okay. like this: Rory McIlroy, the most popular, twenty-one percent. Scotty Scheffler and JT right behind like 14, 13%. So pretty big gap there. Uh, those are the only three golfers in double digits. Max Homa is just under 10%. John Rahm and Victor Hovland around 9%. And then everybody else is under 7%. So for example, like Xander, 2%. Will Zalatoris, 2%. Uh, Tony Finau, 1.5%. If you're yeah. willing to go that route um terrell hatton about two and a half percent colin morikawa about two and a half percent so there are plenty of really really good chase options in my opinion 
Yeah, big time. And I mean, like any of those guys, like Finau at one and a half percent, that's pretty damn good, to be honest with you. I'm seeing in the chat you have up Spieth. Probably not for me in one and done. Like, I think Spieth is a guy, like, just play Spieth at, I'm pretty sure I already used him at Pebble, which didn't turn out to be a good move for me. But, like, Spieth is the type of guy where I'm using Spieth at, at Colonial and at Byron Nelson, right? I mean, if there's any other big spot that I would roll out Spieth, it, it'd be at it'd be at the uh, Masters, right? Like, I I, right. I don't think you need to go to Spieth here at a course where he's missed five cuts and eight appearances, and there's so many other great options. Uh, I forgot to go through some of these questions. I'll go through those in a second. But here, let's put a let's put a bow on our our one and done. So you got uh, Scotty Scheffler eight hundred thousand last week to my okay. John Ron, which was great on Thursday, uh, seventy thousand. So you have made two point four six eight million in the last three weeks. You are absolutely owning the momentum, and you are now technically within striking distance. If you win this week, yeah. uh, depending on what I do you have, you could take the lead. Yeah. Um, and I know who I'm going with and I know I, I'm pretty sure you've already picked him, but okay, you go well, first. I'm using Rory McIlroy. Okay. I'm going to use Justin the, Thomas. Yeah. Okay. And I have already used Justin Thomas. So, yeah. uh, Rory McIlroy for me, Justin Thomas for Andy. Let's go through a couple of these questions real quick. Kyle says, uh, I'm uh, 1.2 million out of cashing for the run and done from that position, uh, more of a chaser or a big three player. Uh, I think you could go big three. So I'm looking at now the, uh, who has been used in that, like John Rom's already been used by half the pool. So really? half the pool has no access to John Rom at the biggest purse of the year. So, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Might wanna, uh, might to answer that. his question, like, neither right like i don't think that you are a total chaser nor do i think that you are a guy that has to pick in the big three but yeah if yeah rom's a rom's probably a good option this week uh we talked about this a little bit but will zalatoris bullish or bearish on uh willie z bullish huh bullish big time bullish jack um Wind, there's there's some like wind and split stuff, which you know we'll wait. Weather Wednesday article, yeah, I'm not Wednesday there yet. Article. Let's see where else we're at. We talked a lot about Scotty, talked a lot about Homa, talked a lot about Victor, Shane Lowry. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. What do you think? I'm I lean bearish. I, I, I just when you start looking at other guys around him, like I think he's in that portion of the board where it's like, um, like Terrell Hatton, Ricky Fowler, yeah. Keegan Bradley type deal. I, I just think he splitting hairs i think he's kind of the odd man out for me yeah he rated out really well for me like in my model he was pretty much towards the top um i did not like what i saw at all last week at bay hill though so i have some concerns about the recent form i don't love playing guys that lost in both ball striking categories uh, um the prior week thoughts on can't as a one and done play i think he's a very very like sneaky yeah. like shit like i think that's I, yeah. he's maybe like six percent owned and he might win the thing i think it's pretty yeah good. definitely no, like no one's no one's dying it. to pick no one's dying to pick uh patrick Cantlay. yeah yeah definitely in on can't as a one and done play Okay. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? Andy's got articles uh, already up and more coming on rickrungood.com, but have we missed anything we should have discussed? 
Nope. I got nothing, buddy. Um, busy week for both of us. I'm sure. Um, I'm super, super pumped for it, man. So should be a fun one. Follow Andy on Twitter at ADP Lack Sports. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been your betting preview for this week's Players Championship. Good luck.